Yeah, as we begin the year, I'd like you to take really to heart the lessons that we are going, I'm going to share with you tonight. Lessons, if we apply them, uh, uh, we will be like David himself, uh, who, was, uh, who, uh, who, who really uh, benefited from uh, the reliance on God. He relied on God and he, he persevered all the way and the, uh, the outcome was a blessing. Uh, to him, and we have lessons to learn. So, this man who uh, is the prince of Israel, a man who loves God, uh, so he was, he trusted the Lord through his ordeal. And we have seen week after week uh, as we went through First uh, Samuel, and especially when he was raised to be the leader of Israel. So, that was when his problem started. So, Saul was jealous of him. And all the way, all we have been just doing uh, all this time was seeing again and again Saul pursuing David and God again and again rescuing David. What is the thing that God is telling us in this? God is committed to his people. God is committed to, uh, to the instruments he has raised uh, through whom he can fulfill his, his blessings. You see, even uh, David at times, he would act as the antitypes. Of our Lord Jesus Christ, so so we and life of faith uh, uh, for us all who are here tonight is a journey, isn't it? It's a journey. Uh, it's, it's a long journey, journey of faith that doesn't have to have a particular picture, isn't it? And that is a problem we have today. We want to have all the uh, the the knowledge on how our lives will unfold in the future, isn't it? And if we don't have this, and then we are, we are not modern people. We, we don't know anything. When we are called to journey with God, who has our life in his hand and his plans for us, even we don't know them all. But he said he knows them, but we don't know his plans. But he wants us to trust him so that he can fulfill his plans for us. And his plans are good to give us future and hope. David trusted his God, trusted his plans for him. He was not in haste to be the king of Israel. He knew the Lord is his God. And he's the one who has anointed him. And God was with him, delivering him from Goliath and delivering him. And he will deliver him also from the hand of Saul. And we have seen this. So life is a journey. Why would we want to worry so much to have all these structures in place? When we are called just to put our full trust in him. So I know that we all worry. I myself, I, more than all of you, I worry. But maybe tonight also this, as Michael prayed, even as the sermon will be speaking to me, that we don't have to worry so much. All that we need to do is what I'm going to share with you tonight. And so what is the first lesson that we will see in the in the verses that I have here with us. So do not go against the voice of the Lord to you. Do not go against the voice of the Lord to you. That is verse, verses 1 to 6, isn't it? Because this man, David, he heard that the people of God are being attacked on his account in that city where he took refuge earlier in the first verses, uh, Kela. And so when he heard that the Philistines were going to destroy the people of God 
and to really rob them of the blessings to take all their crops, you see, and to leave them desolate, to kill them. And if you are escaped, you are displaced and you have no food to eat. And so the Lord laid on his heart to rescue these people. Because, after all, he was raised to be an instrument for the blessings of Israel. And so we could see the iron. Why Saul was just after this man? He knew that this man has been called by God to be the true king. And what is the, the work of the king? What was his role? It's to represent God, the true king of God's, God's people. Because after all, God was their king. They rejected God, his kingship. But God also said, I'm not giving up my people altogether. I will give you a king. But also, I will be involved. <laughs> you see, uh, I will be involved. I am the true king. So, David, God laid on his heart to go and rescue these people. And he heard the Lord himself because he, he, he inquired of the Lord. He inquired of the Lord in verse 2 when he heard that the Philistines are fighting against Keilah and are looting the threshing floors. He inquires of the Lord saying, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? The Lord answered him, Go, attack the Philistines and save Keilah. It's the Lord speaking to him, telling him, Go. Do you need more than this? God is speaking to you. And this is Really, without any doubt, you don't need any authority beside you when the Lord himself speaks directly to your heart. But that is why, go back to what I just said, do not go against the voice of the Lord. Regardless of, of whether the ask or what you have asked of him is too huge Not only for you, maybe even people around you. You see, because the people around him, his men, they thought that was, that was really ridiculous. How can we go and fight? Because they knew that David will not go on his own. How can we go and attack the Philistine? When we ourselves, how much more than if we go to Kela against the Philistine? If we, if we ourselves are afraid... So they assess the situation is impossible. A soldier who is timid, defeated already, cannot even pick up his armory and go and fight. So it's ridiculous. And so David was tempted to, to fear and to doubt that. But again, because this man, he didn't want to go, to go against the voice of the Lord. He went again and inquired of the Lord. And the Lord now said to him, Go, go, go down to Caleb, for I am going to give the Philistine into your hand. I am going to do this. Further assurance. He was go, told, go, you will succeed. But how? The, that was the questions that his, 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 the people who were counseling him were saying. How? So how sometimes is a problem, a big problem, isn't it? Sometimes you wish that you don't have the, 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 this question, How? You see, and that was, and that was, is recognized because how, how to implement things, this is the hardest things. You can have all the best ideas, but how are you going to do these things? That is the question like many of us are struggling with. Even Peter Lam, this man in Juba, is struggling with this. How? 
he got the vision. He wants to serve the Lord. He wants to train. But how? The situation now is enormous. And many people, like you know, there was a, a, a man, one of the, the people who really killed a lot of people in South Sudan. And also he got really involved in, 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 in terrorism uh, that arise like neighboring countries. Uh, Dr. Abdullah Trabe, the, the Islamic leader in Sudan. So he was a learned man, a professor of, of constitutional law from Sorbonne in 1964. This guy was so clever. He studied everything, and he wanted to come up with a version of Islam that was going really to bring a transformation to give the Islamic world a model of democracy, a modern world that has really a, a progressive way. And also, again, he will be the leader, the one who will be left. He was, like, he was trying to use that. And then he said something really remarkable. He said, our, our experience was unique because... The, 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 the Islam failed for 1,400. They didn't give us anything. Our, our experiment was so new. And you hear the Muslims saying, we want to apply the Sharia law. And they are just so on fire for this. But when you ask them how, they don't know how to do that. They don't know. And that is why. And then they said also they were fought. And of course, he was an evil man. He killed many people. But he, he did his own work right. And so I gave him credit for that. And so he said, he said, how, how, how? And for us today, the question is like, how God take care, take care of how? But all that he wants us to do is to, to, is to trust him, to trust his voice. Because after all, it's the Lord who raised him up. Because the Lord God rejected Saul. Because God, that was what God was saying to, uh, to, to, to Samuel. Why would you mourn for, for this man? I have rejected him. Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be the king. If God has chosen him to be the king, will not God look after him and care for him? Otherwise, God will be defeated, and God can never be defeated. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear. This is Paul and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to do and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. That is what Saul, I mean, David was doing. God laid that on his heart to save these people. After all, even the good desire to save these people was, was God. So David meant really they assessed the situation and they tried to discourage him to go against the word of God for him. Something Saul did very well. Saul went against the word of God, isn't it? He, he, didn't, he didn't listen. So you read that in, in, in chapter 15, uh, 22 to 23. So we need to to remember that we are not to go against the voice of the Lord. No matter how people around us will try to discourage us. And even sometimes, like we read earlier also, that Jonathan even didn't tell his dad when he was going to attack their enemies. He, he went with his, with his, with, with his uh, arm, armory, this young man. And they didn't tell Saul because Saul was in unbelief. But these people, they were given a sign and God was with them and they went ahead. They do that. So we need to remember that. 
we are to fight back voices that discourages us uh, from following uh, the Lord when we are fully um, in his will. But we need to be careful also that we are not to do our own uh, our own things. We need to seek the Lord and to, to, to be sure that we have heard his voice and he is the one who is speaking to us, uh, lest we will be hearing our own voices. But the Lord is gracious. He will not allow us to go that path. Uh, so the second thing I want us also to take as we uh, uh, go on to live uh, the rest of the year by his grace, learn to fight your battles through the Lord. Learn to fight your battles through the Lord. And that was what David was doing. So what did he do? When he was told that Saul, from verse 7, Saul was coming against him. Uh, against him. So Saul was told that David had gone to Caleb, and he said, God has handed him over to me. So this man is claiming. Uh, so he didn't hear God, is it? Opposite to what David heard. But because God was not going to hand David over to him. So God is lying here. God is a liar to, in terms of Saul, isn't it? Far from it. But so this is, this is the man. So this is the claims of those who really disobey God. Who would not fear God. So, but David himself, when he learned this in verse 9, that Saul was plotting against him, he said to Abiathar, the priest, bring the effort. Bring the effort. The effort is like a, a garment that is worn by, uh, by the high priest that has 12 tribes that encrafted uh, on their chest. And so the high priest uh, would enter with this uh, robe into the Holy of Holies uh, to present the people of Israel to remind. So this is a sign of, 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 of priesthood that this person will come and call upon the name of the Lord because he has been raised for this very purpose to come into the Holy of Holies and to see God's presence for, for Israel. So David knew that his greatest need is for the Lord to save him from his troubles. And that is why he called the man of God to come and bring all together uh, that, will, uh, that which will evoke God's uh, uh, favor and grace and mercy. So we, when we are in trouble, we need to make sure that we are facing this trouble with God himself. So not on our own, so we will be defeated, but we are to do everything possible to present ourselves to the Lord and to know, Lord, without you, we can, I cannot survive. That was what even uh, Moses did. I love this uh, Exodus 32 so much. When he, he, they were moved to the promised land, and he urged the Lord, if you would not go with us, we don't go. Life without you is just so impossible. Even, even if you assure us of, of victory, so please, unless you come with us. That is what David is saying here, isn't it? This is what the Lord has said to him. He said, I will hand over to you. So I will, I will be with you in the battle, and I will hand over your enemies to you. So he is in the battle with the Lord himself. And that is, that is what he did here. He fought with bad, his battles with God, with him. David said, oh Lord, and praying all together. So it's just like calling a prayer meeting, isn't it? That is why we, we ask people to pray for us. And that is why we pray for other people. So this is God's way. This is God's method in, in bringing about more blessings. 
That is why I say to people always, if you want to show your greatest love for a brother or a sister, pray for them. <laughs> because in prayer, you evoke God's favor uh, for that very person. And God does miracles. Many times, again and again, many people pray for me. You see, and I believe in your life also, you have, you have done this. And this is what David is teaching us tonight. Teaching us not to fight our battles on our own, so we will fail completely. But we need to fight our battles with God himself. Because we cannot win any battles. Because after all, all our battles, if we are in him, abiding in him, bringing pleasure to his heart, and so he will not give us to the desire of our enemy. And that is why David was able to write Psalm 27. You see, Psalm 27, he wrote it because he experienced that himself. He experienced the salvation and the deliverance of the Lord himself when he uh, said this in Psalm uh, 27, verse 12. You have all seen his... Oh, sorry, I just read the wrong one. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. And so that is, that is, that is the case. That is the situation. And so he was able to, 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 to do that and to write uh, about this. So learn to fight your battles through the Lord. So let me move quickly to the number three. Number three, do not blame those who mistreat you as long as... To the best of your knowledge, you are sanctifying, sanctifying the Lord in your heart. Like you are honoring the Lord in your heart. And, then, and that is what we see here. David really didn't, uh, didn't uh, blame anyone because the people of, of Keilah are going to hand him over to Saul, isn't it? Because if we read from verse 9, when David learned that, uh, we, we read that. So David learned that Saul was going to come, and then he, uh, he asked the high priest. So he asked the Lord God of Israel, your servant has heard definitely that Saul plans to come to Keilah and destroy the town on account of me. Will the citizens of Keilah surrender me to him if I go and, and I stay with them and try to resist? And it's because he got mighty power with him. Will Saul come down as your servant has heard, O Lord God of Israel? Tell your servant. And the Lord said, He will. They will. They will. They will hand him over to this man. Again, David asked, Will the citizens of Keilah surrender me and my men to Saul? And the Lord said, They will. They will. And yet, he didn't blame these men. You see? Because for these men, it was too much for them to stand against Saul. So it is easier for them to hand over David. After all, they wouldn't want to risk their lives. So now Saul will be like the Philistines to them. And it was God who rescued them. And so now, God also will rescue them. Also, will not just subject them to the brutality of Saul himself. And David didn't blame these people. You see, I have, just, I have just rescued you, isn't it? 
I have just defeated the Philistines and yet you are handing me over to my enemy. So in our modern day today, if someone you have been just so kind to and yet really did the most horrible things against you, you will be really mad, isn't it? But if you know that you are in the will of God, so this very act might be the very act that you need for you to go to your next assignment, to the next step, because that God was just like teaching this man, you see, and God also was protecting all parties that are involved, uh, taking things to his hand, and so no one is responsible uh, that who she shouldn't be responsible. After all, the people of, of Kayla, it's not their fault. They just, they've fallen between uh, two, <laughs> two, 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 uh, two elephants, isn't it? So they are caught up in trouble, in trouble themselves. And they, they are so poor guys. You see, they have no power. But here we have this man who didn't want to blame uh, these people. He didn't, he didn't blame them. He didn't blame them at all. And I think some, there's something for us here. Uh, if we want to work with the Lord as to finish the journey and to, and to see the end of what the Lord has in store for us, like David is going to be crowned, the true king of Israel, isn't it? Like we heard from Michael Jensen who preached this sermon, celebrating patience, endurance, isn't it? Or something like that. So, so, so this man, he knew that his life is in the hand of God, and he, was, he didn't really fight to be the king. Some people really, they are going to, they don't, they, don't, they don't care whether they are kings or they are in a high position. If the Lord says, the people will go and bring them, you see, and, and make them their leaders. You see, so that's, that's, that's how God works. So the people of God would not defend David, who rescued them and saved their lives and their resources. How come they would not support him against Saul? God knows what he was doing. God is on the business of protecting his own people, and particularly those whom he has anointed for a particular task. So be encouraged. Also, God, number four, God will not deliver you into the hands of your enemies. You see, God is not God who, who hands us over to the desire of our enemy. Again, if we are sanctifying him, if we are honoring him, if we are trusting him all the way. And we read this in verse 14 and also from verse 19 to verse 20. I went through this text carefully. It won't be long. I've got like another five minutes and I finish. Verse 14 says this. B. When Saul was told that David, I mean, let me read 13 and then I come to 14. So David and his men, about 600 in number, left Kayla and kept moving from place to place. So again, he was just like on a move. He moved. He didn't blame these people, but he went. He, he is the fugitive now. Uh, he is not blaming these people. And so when Saul was told that David had, had entered or had, had escaped, escaped from Kela, he did not go there. David stayed in the desert, the strongholds, and in the hills of the desert of Ziph. Day after day, Saul searched for him, but God did not give, give David into his hands. See? David was claiming, I mean, Saul was claiming that God has handed David over to his hand. And now God hasn't done that, isn't it? So God will not hand you over to the hands of your enemy. So this is what we read here. And again, there were also other enemies of, of David 
uh, in verse 19, the Zephites, I think the Zephites, they were like the inhabitants of a place called Ziph, and that is why they're called Zephites, and who caused trouble for David uh, in, in these verses, began to cause trouble for him again. So Ziph was near to Mount, this place where Nabal had lived. And you know, these people, they formed really a band that was opposing um, uh, David. And so now they say, well, here, David, we were revenge, and so we are going to side with Saul, and we are going to hand him over to Saul. Well, again, God is not going to hand David over to their hands. So he will not give you up in the state. He will use every means to help him, uh, to help you. And that is, that is what God was doing. And so what did God do? Uh, we read, we go back again uh, uh, to, to verse 15. While David was at Horish in the desert of Ziph, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. And Saul's son Jonathan went to David at Horish and helped him find his strength in God. You see? So again, God will use godly friendship, his means to strengthen you. Because you can get weary on the way. Just you come out from this, you get into this. You can get tired, isn't it? You can get discouraged. But God even will just raise up someone so, and then also to, to help you. Uh, we have seen this with, um, with Moses when, he, when Joshua was fighting Amalekites. So Or and, and Aaron were lifting up his hands because when his hands were coming down, the Amalekites were defeating the people of Israel. But when his hands goes up, go up, and so uh, uh, Joshua defeats uh, their enemies. And so these men came and held his two arms, and the people of God defeated their enemies. And so here God raising up Jonathan, and then to encourage this man to press on and to fulfill God's uh, um, uh, work for him. So now uh, we know that God is, is, is faithful. He will use every means, will use everything. And he will use even your enemies. So God is faithful. If we trust him, so he will uh, take us through whatever we are facing. Uh, finally, and we come to the title of the, of the, uh, of the sermon. Uh, finally, Salah. Salah Malakoth. <laughs> when you are downfall, when you are downfall, seem to be imminent. You see, <laughs> uh, definite, unavoidable. <laughs> for a believer who does not rely on his own understanding or his own strength or his own cleverness there will always be a Salah Hamalachoth God will send his messenger you see even the messenger that was sent there the messenger that was sent there was not just a messenger and that we read that in verses that are left here. Because what happened was Saul was just coming really mildly, wanting to, uh, to, to close on, on David. If I just read through this quickly, and then we see why we say there will be Salah Amalekoth. So when the enemies of, of, of Saul, of, of David, were trying to help Saul to capture this man, 
and he was told that he will kill him, find out about it. And then David was, I mean, Saul was trying to find out where uh, really David was in verse 23. And so, then I will go with you. That was what he says. If he is in the area, I will track him down and among all the clans of Judah. So they set out and went to Ziph ahead of Saul. Now David and his men were in the desert of Maon, in the Arabah, south of of Jeshon. Saul and his men began the search, and when David was told about it, he went down to the rock. I think David, Michael showed us the rock last, last week. And he stayed in the desert of Mawan. When Saul heard this, he went into the desert of Mawan in pursuit of David. Saul was going along one side of the mountains, and David and his men were on the other side, hurrying to get away from Saul. As Saul and his forces were closing in on David and his men to capture them, a messenger came to Saul. A messenger came to Saul. Actually, when I, when, I, when I went to look it up in the Hebrew, it was the angel. The messenger was the angel. That was the angel from the Lord himself in disguise. Telling this man a story that will turn his heart away from pursuing David. Because that was the only escape for David. Salah Hamalachoth. So I think Lydia looked it up and said like the, the rock of refuge, isn't it? You see. Salah Hamalachoth. So for all of you today... There will be Salah Amalakos when things look really so dark and grim, so desperate and so impossible. If you just put your trust in the Lord, you will be saved. You will say Salah Amalakos. It's just like the, the man, uh, the, man uh, the uh, Albanese, isn't it? So thus far, the Lord has helped me. That was what really happened to the people of Israel. We read that earlier in, 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 um, in, in 1 Samuel. And if I don't have time even to turn to, 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 to Matthew 10, if you want to have a one sentence about what the Lord Jesus was saying to his disciples from 1 to 36, don't worry about what happens to you. You see, there will always be Salah, Amalokos for you. He said, don't you worry about what you eat. Don't, you be wor- don't worry about even those who will kill your body. You see, there will always be Salah Amalokos. You see, don't worry even when you are brought before really people who are in authority to persecute you, or to, send, to give you death sentence. Like if you are in Iran today and you demonstrated against the regime there, there is no Salah Amalokos for you. So I just uh, hearing the news the other day, they have arrested 20,000 who have demonstrated. They hung already two guys uh, yesterday and a few, few weeks ago, just simply because they, they, uh, they, there was an uprising. Again, the regime that was so brutal. You see, there's no Salah Malakos because they were not fighting battles according to the Lord's will. So Jesus was telling his disciples, don't worry. Don't worry. That is in Matthew 10. There will always be Salah Malakos. I trust that as we journey from now uh, to the end of the year, 
let us take this five principle from First Samuel 23 to our heart. Let us revisit them again and again, again and again. And let us pray uh, to the Lord that the Holy Spirit will teach us to embrace this wonderful truth and to pray continually about this so that we will come to the place where we will say there was real salah amalakos for us. Even on your final day on this, on this earth, you will be able to say this. Thus far the Lord has been with me. I have seen the Lord. Salah amalakos for those who will put their trust in the Lord fully. Let us pray.